Good evening and welcome to Educationally Speaking, the show that discusses topics impacting our local schools. I'm your host, Scott Lane, Nevada County Superintendent of Schools. Tonight, I'm talking with Saul Henson and Evan Portier from Sierra Streams Institute. We're going to be talking about what Sierra Streams does and then also about a joint project uh, that we've been doing between my office, Sierra Streams, UC Davis. Uh, that's been really cool uh, for our county and for our kids in our schools. Uh, and we're kind of wrapping that down now. It's in its final phases, which is exciting and also sad at the same time. So, gentlemen, welcome to the show. Thank you very much. Great to be here, Scott. I'm glad you could take time out tonight to come here. First off, I'd like to uh, tell our audience what is Sierra Streams and what you do. Because as we were talking before the show, if you say circle, people think Sierra Streams. You say Sierra Streams, you think circle. It It's kind of people get confused about the two organizations. Different work, but but similar. So why don't you give us a little, a little background of what uh, Sierra Streams does and how long you've been around. Yeah, I actually, I haven't looked up the statistics myself, but I'm told that uh, <laughs> we might have the highest per capita environmental organizations um, in really? Nevada County in the country. Is uh -huh. What I've been told. What have you been told? Um, well, we're so going to we go with a that lot tonight. Of, a lot of organizations <laughs> um, here. Uh, Sierra Streams uh, started as um, a concerned citizen group. Uh, that was formed as a result of the reconstruction of the Pine Street Bridge here in town mm -hmm. um, and originally formed as Friends of Deer Creek. Um, and that was just kind of what came out of that was um, uh, a whole monitoring program uh, across Deer Creek, uh, which uh, eventually expanded into uh, the Bear River watershed, um, restoration projects uh, across the county, um, as well as um, uh, monitoring, um, and restoration. Now we're getting into this forest work, which mm -hmm. connects to the project that we're talking about now. Right, right. And then, and your role in Sierra Streams? Uh, education, uh, program director. All right. Yep. Very cool. And Evan? Yeah, I'm the education project manager. All right. Very good. And, and I know, Evan, you said you've been with the Sierra Streams about a year, a little over a year now? That is correct, yeah. Right, right. And Zell, you've been, how many years now have you been in Sierra Streams? Going on year 11. Year 11, wow. Very cool, very cool with that. So with that, we got a little, a little uh, taste of what Sierra Streams does. Um, over the years, I know you guys have done different projects with our schools. And this, I think, gosh... How many years ago was it that you that we met together in my office and talked about this opportunity to write a grant? Well, we weren't really sure we'd even get it, but thought, well, let's give it a try. Was that yeah. three years ago? Probably four? about four and a half about years ago. About four and a half. I'll see yep. COVID mess time. The time-space continuum just got completely messed up because of that. So about four and a half years. Um, so with that, it's called the NSF Project, for which doesn't sound very exciting. So, <laughs> you know, with, with a thing like that. But the, actually, what it is, is very exciting. So tell us about that. It began about four and a half years ago with a meeting, talking. Could the superintendent school's office participate and how and how could we get teachers? How could we get uh, uh, your organization working together? And, and yeah, so tell us a little bit about the grant, if you would. Yeah, absolutely. So, um uh, NSF stands for uh, National Science Foundation, so it's a National Science Foundation uh, grant 
National Science Foundation is interested in um, education research. So they want to know best practices, mm-hmm. um, and they um, and they provide some really significant funding um, uh, nationally. And we were we were lucky lucky enough to win this one um, as a result of a really great partnership. Um, so Sierra Streams Institute, as an implementer of field based programs, um, Nevada County Superintendent of Schools. Obviously, you have you know you are the umbrella for. Um, uh, all the school districts uh, in the county, um, as well as you know, having guidance for um, standards and curriculum, um, and just just having the infrastructure there. Um, and then uh, UC Davis Center for Community and Citizen Science um, is uh, a fairly new um, center um, down in UC Davis, and they deal with all things uh, citizen science. Um, and so citizen science is just to say that um, community members who are not professionals um, performing um, scientific practices. Mm-hmm. Um, and that's kind of been a hallmark of Sierra Streams is having stream monitors um, and mm-hmm. getting volunteers kind of involved in um, you know, every step of the scientific process that, that we're working on. Right, because you've done citizen scientists at the rivers. Uh, you know, taking readings from there, haven't you, in the past? And, and I think you still do, don't you? Absolutely. Yeah, yeah. Absolutely. And that one. Yeah, and, um, and yeah, NSF Project is not an exciting name, and that's why <laughs> that's not what we call this project. We call it Our Forests. Um, a much better name. And it is a citizen science-based project with third through fifth grade students to collect forest health and fire um, behavior data um, in our uh, in our local forests, right? And what a perfect place to do it! Third through fifth grade, I love that grade. The kids are just they're getting excited about learning. They're starting to develop their own kind of little thoughts going on, um, and then looking at the forests, fires, streams. I mean, this is the perfect place, unfortunately for fires, but uh, you know it, it's a good location. With that. Now, you know, you said, I think earlier, you said we got lucky, but we didn't get lucky. That was a heck of a grant. You were, you spearheaded that and um, did a fantastic job writing it. Uh, I think we were surprised that we got it on the first go round because a lot of groups you don't. You kind of get blackballed for the first round and then the second round they may give it to you. But uh, they couldn't pass it up. It was so well done. They had to take it. Exactly. And so that was exciting. Exactly. And I know working, you know, we've worked together, our two organizations, but it is different when you're dealing then with outside parties. I know with UC Davis and um, the National Science Foundation, they because they can do things a little bit differently than we might do it. So it really was an idea of figuring out how do we work together, how do we move it forward, uh, and what our goals were. So so with that, so it starts off, We I think we said four and a half years ago, and away we went. And what was the, the beginning of it? How did we start to implement it? Because it's had very distinct phases as we've moved along through the process. Yeah, the first year of the project was... Um it was uh, what we called the co-design process. So it was uh, working with a, a small group of teachers. I believe there were um, eight or nine. I think so, yeah. And, yeah. Um, and we just met um, uh, monthly, sometimes more than monthly, mm-hmm. and just kind of talked about, you know, what is a program like this? Um, what does it need to accomplish um, for their students? How do we make it age appropriate? Which is a huge question when you're collecting data because yeah. we're not talking about 
going out and 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 doing going through the motions of collecting data we are talking about collecting data that yeah. can be used by professionals yeah. real data yeah. yeah yeah exactly um and so a big part of that was working with the teachers um a big part of that was uh working with a number of advisors mm-hmm. um so fire ecologists um and um and forest ecologists um, as well as um, the folks who we've been calling community partners. Um, so they play a very key role in this project um, as they are land managers or researchers who are interested in the data that the students are collecting. Um, and so every student that's going through the program knows who their community partner is. Mm-hmm. I'm pretty sure. <laughs> <laughs> I bet they do. We, we At least they recognize qu- Give them a quiz yeah, for it. Yeah. Uh, for the most yeah. part, they know who their community partner is, right. um, and they know the kind of information that their community partner wants to have about the forest. Right. Um, and, um, and it's very um, place-based, um, specific to sites, um, you know, the original idea was within walking distance of schools. Right. Um, I remember that, we talked about that, hoping that that would work. Mm-hmm. But, um, and in some cases, we're doing some busing, some mm-hmm. short busing trips. Right, with that. Now, and the teachers that started off, they wanted to do this. I mean, that was, I think, really important. You didn't want to make it mandatory in any district or charter school that you had to do that. You wanted teachers who wanted to do this and were excited about it because you wanted that enthusiasm to, uh, to get to the students so they could see it and really want to embrace it. So that was phase one. Phase two of what was the, uh, the next step? Because I'm trying to go back four and a half years now, and I remember that with a co-design period. So phase two was actually implementation. Uh, well, I mean, I believe phase two was COVID. <laughs> well, yeah, I should have said what we were supposed to do in phase two, and then we had that little worldwide pandemic that really messed everything up we did. But I think the great thing was it... it did it um it was a bit of a delay but we didn't let it shut it down correct we so, kept working together to make sure we could implement this this project yeah so we just had a um a lot more time to plan <laughs> um which yeah. uh you know i think that that cut both ways you know you 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 can plan um you know you can just keep on planning forever, um, but yeah. at some point you have to implement. Yeah. Um, and then the idea of this project is that it's um, design-based research. So you try something out, you see what works, mm-hmm. you see what doesn't work, and then you revamp it and you right. and you do it again. And you have a researcher, you have professional researchers who are are studying the. The effects of this program on students, um, and then they're sharing that information with you, and so you kind of have that to kind of yeah. make tweaks and changes as well. Yeah, that's what I thought was unique about the project. We're used to like working together, or you know, usually there's two parties, and you're, you're checking in and adjusting. But to have that third party coming in, and from their point of view, how it was, that was, uh, it was different. It was great to to look at it from their point of view. Yeah, and and so what they're interested in is, um, you know, what what they call science agency, which is what is what is a student's, you know, A, what is a student learning, but B, like does this does a student self-identify with the scientific topics mm-hmm. that we're talking about? Mm-hmm. Do they feel like they can um, adequately, you know, speak to and address um, some of these issues um, right. as it relates to, you know, scientific practices? Right. 
So we get there. So we tried to start phase two. Phase two got a little bit delayed by the pandemic. We finally were to, to figure out how we could, within the rules we were given by the state, get kids going on this project and meeting again. So then the real phase two started off. And what did that look like? Um, and so that's, yeah, we were able to um, implement the program um, uh, and uh, it was a, it was amazing because um, we still had the, the pandemic was still going and uh, n- maybe we had one canceled field trip out of 40 for the entire school year. Yeah, that, that's pretty good. Um, and uh, so it was, it was a pretty amazing year of implementation with students. We did two uh, forced investigations with uh, in the fall and two in the spring uh, with um, each with 15 different classes. Mm-hmm. Um, so it was a heck of a lot of field programs. I guess that's 60 field programs. That's not a lot 40. of programs. Um, and uh, yeah. And so we just did a full year of implementation. Maybe I'll let Evan talk yeah, I was a say, little I was bit. Ask uh, Evan, you know, what is about that? What that does it experience? look like? So the kids come in the bus. They're they're excited mm-hmm. because they're leaving the campus and they're going outside. And now that's how science should be taught if you can do it outside. Um, so they get off the bus, or if they came in cars, what do they do then? What happened? Yeah. So the forest investigations are. Um, basically all day um, investigations out in the forest. And so the students are going out and like Saul mentioned, they're collecting this real data for our community partners. Um, So they get off the bus, uh, they get introduced to their site if they haven't been there. um, And we go through various activities to get them primed and ready for data collection because that is a really intensive process. Um, And so these students are broken up into smaller groups, and we go out to these experimental areas in the forest that we're calling plots. Mm-hmm. Um, and students are making observations, asking questions, and collecting that data. Um, we throw in some other activities, um, some games, uh, and the students just have a really good time out in the forest. Uh, and that pretty much uh, caps off kind of the forest investigations that we do with students. Mm-hmm. And then what we're doing this year is we're actually going back into the classroom uh, and we're starting to make sense of this data. Like, what does this data mean and how can we share this with our community partner? Right. Now, what were they, Evan, what were they observing? So they're getting off. What, what were the actual observations the kids were, were doing? I think it was great. Yeah. So each grade is centered on a certain phenomena or a certain topic, essentially. And so third grade, they're all about the tree uh, life cycle. So mm-hmm. they're collecting data um, when a tree is young, so it's like the seedling phase, right. uh, and all the way to where it's a mature adult tree. Fourth grade is making all these observations on plant structures and plant diversity. And our fifth graders are trying to understand how fire behaves and moves through the forest. Yeah, which is so timely with that piece. Unfortunately, so timely. And, and, and Sal kind of talking about fires. Unfortunately, that was another curveball that came your way in particular. And talk about that, that we were, you know, we got the pandemic, but then we had to get one more thing, unfortunately. Yeah, I mean, you know, this, um, this project is very timely. Um, to do a project where you're, where you're dealing, where you're talking about our forests, um, with students who, you know, they will, they will be the ones to be dealing with this issue when they grow up. Um, it's certainly not, not going anywhere anytime soon. Um, and so what, what Scott is referring to is, um, 
uh, our um, office burning down at Woolman um, during the Jones fire. Right. The Woolman is the site. It was your campus. Yeah. There on Jones Bar area. Yeah. Yeah. And we were going to be bringing um, a lot of students out to, to that site and due to COVID and, um, and to, uh, to the fire, we kind of switched gears and um, focused on sites closer to schools, mm-hmm. kind of like what our plan was later in the the project. Right. We just kind of accelerated that. Right. Um, yeah, and then funny enough, we um, as a part of connected to this project, we had a wildlife conservation board grant to do a forest management plan at Woolman. Um, we had just won that grant when yeah. the fire came. When it came. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, devastating, but I think it made the uh, the work of the the fifth grade so much more personal, because you know for for us in the schools it was our partners' facilities that burnt down, and for you guys it was your place, and yeah, and and just the timeliness of what we were doing and and how fires move through the forest. Yeah, and and that's a I think that's also a big part of this science agency piece is you're dealing with real world issues, mm-hmm. um, and and student that really resonates with students. Yeah, yeah um, absolutely. You know, students have a great BS meter. Uh, if you if they, you didn't know, right? They do indeed. And um, and they and and so when you're um, when you're getting real with them, they yeah. really appreciate yeah. that, and it also help, helps them focus yeah. um, and really be engaged in um, the scientific learning process. So we went through that, Evan. We, we did that. Now we're kind of in the wrapping up phase of kind of the, towards the end of the project. I know we've, we've met a few times of like, what next? What do we do? But where are we right now with the project? Yeah, we're we're actually about to start up uh, field investigations for the spring, uh, so that will begin in February. And students, uh, depending on the grade, have about one to two more uh, field investigations out in the forest, and then they have this uh, part of the project we're going to call the share out, basically sharing their data with their community partner. And so this is can take many forms, but most of the time it's probably going to be a PowerPoint where students are going to share their data and they're going to make sense of it and they're going to tell them, tell their community partners, this is our data, this is why we think it's important, Mm -hmm. and um, these are some things that we think we should do to our forest, how we should manage them. Uh, That's great. It's got so many skills involved in that. You know, you're hitting all the next generation science standards in, in, in real time, in real life, gathering the data. You're not reading about it in a book and pulling it off that, and then you're also having the kids do presentations. Okay, now you've got your stuff, now make sense of it. You know, we don't, I'm sure you don't just like, okay, just go ahead and go off in that little room and make sense of it all by yourselves, but guiding them and then to present to the community so they see how relevant what they did was. I think that's fantastic. Now, can you uh, give us any uh, insight into uh, any preliminary uh, findings, like for the third graders? Did you with what they were doing. Because I think you said third graders were, were the trees, right? Correct? So yeah. So what did they, any, any, anything you can share with the audience? We don't want to spoil anything, but uh, I, I want to know. <laughs> okay, well, uh, we're having the look here. They're going through it. We're, we're seeing we may not be able to share. Uh, well, <laughs> with, with all of the grades, um, the switch that we made this year was to, um, to capture data in managed and unmanaged plots in the forest. Oh. So, okay. um, 
either, you know, whether it's a school site or whether it's Woolman, we're still collecting data at Woolman. Um, mm -hmm. In that case, the, um, the managed, in quote, site is actually the burn scar right. um, from, the, uh, from the Jones fire. Um, and so there's a comparison of data um, across these um, plots that we have set up. Mm -hmm. um, and uh, with the third grade, it's interesting because um, the first, we, we focused on force density first. Um, because getting an understanding of forest density just kind of has ramifications across um, the ecology of the forest as well as kind of the fire mm -hmm. risk and mm -hmm. danger. Um, and so, um, you know, uh, for some sites, they're, uh, they're covered in uh, scotch broom, which is an invasive yeah. plant, yeah. Um, which is really um, flammable. Yeah, it looks real pretty when it flowers, the yellow flowers, until you realize it right. goes up right. fast. Um, so in a lot of the plots, we're seeing a lot of invasive scotch brew. Um, in, um, yeah, it's, it's, it's interesting. Some of the, some of the sites are, are quite dense, and some of them are more open. Um, and, um, and just having students kind of share that information of, like, some of, some of our areas are really dense and some are not. And, and what does that mean for our forest mm -hmm. and kind of grappling with that? Mm -hmm. um, I don't know. You want to add anything to that? Yeah. And sometimes some of this forest density that we, we talk about isn't driven by just the trees. Um, so we have students kind of count the number of trees in their plots, and that gives us kind of an estimate of how dense that forest would be. But in some of these um, um, unmanaged plots where we haven't really done any treatments, uh, we're actually seeing that the density is driven by shrubs. And, and mm. that is something that I think is, is uh, really important to note. It's just not the trees you have to look out. It's, it's the shrubs and the mm -hmm. understory. Um, and some preliminary findings, I think, is that we're finding less tree seedlings out in these um, unmanaged plots. Really? Anything that you're attributing that to? That's up to the students. That's to what they're. So that's the, <laughs> yeah. it's all there. It's all them now. <laughs> yeah, stay tuned for that yeah. uh, community share out. Yeah. Well, yeah. I mean, I think there are a number of things going on. But um, you know, if you have a really dense forest, you don't get sunlight in there mm -hmm. um, for those seedlings to be growing, right. um, or you might just have too much competition um, in your forest. Right. And so, um, one kind of one of the kind of deeper topics that we are working towards with the students is the idea of forest heterogeneity or having patchy forests. Um, so forests that are not just kind of like one, one forest type, one, um, one density all the way across, mm -hmm. um, that has a, a, all kinds of like ecological issues, um, right. as a result, um, and can have some, some fire-based issues. Right. Right. Did you uh, have any, uh, you know, study on erosion? I'm just thinking of some of the burn scars. Um, did that come to in play or not really what was going on? I didn't know if it was like a side effect that we saw out there. Um, or not so much in this one? Not so much. Okay. Not so much in the plots that we've seen. Mm -hmm. um, and I know, yeah, probably some of the some of the fourth grade teachers are like, "Dang, that's the standard yeah, exactly. for fourth grade." Exactly. You know, where's our erosion in our uh, in our plots? Well, if they went out there probably this week. Now it's cleared up. You're probably going to see a little bit of erosion there. It's yeah, a lot of standing water. <laughs> Absolutely, and and also, you know, last year 
um, it was pretty wild. We had the what people are calling the snowmageddon. Our snowmageddon, you know? yeah. And um, and our plots look completely different. Some of yeah. our plots we had to abandon because they were so hazardous. With, right, with the with tree trees. down trees yeah, and yeah, that I'm sort sure. of thing. Um, so it's uh, it's a really cool. I mean, that's yet another kind of facet of the project is multiple visits to a site, making yeah. observations and seeing that our forests are are changing yeah. ecosystems. They're not static in any way. Yeah, I think that's very cool to see that, that, yeah, they don't stay the same. And, yeah, Mother Nature decides what it may look like next with that. So I know we're coming up on, like, a little less than five minutes now. All of a sudden, time is moving too quick here. Um, but with that, now we're, we're coming into the, the, the final phase we talked about. So where do we go with this project now? What do you guys see? What do you want to happen? Yeah. Should, shouldn't we be asking you this question? Well, I've got some ideas what I'd like to have, but I kind of wanted to hear from you. And I know we've, we've started talking, but, you know, where do you see in a perfect world what happens? Well, we there's some cool pro- finished products for this, for this project. Um, and they are having a whole um, set of teachers mm. trained and knowledgeable about mm-hmm. a program like this and motivated um, to do this kind of, kind of programming in our area. Um, and then kind of like extending out beyond our area, we'll have um, a handbook on kind of what does citizen science mean in the yeah. context of yeah. our forests here, um, as well as a f- really a, an in-depth curriculum on how to do these, um, these protocols and how to um, introduce the topics and get students ready to collect the data. Um, so what we, you know, what we'd like to see is, you know, what does this mean in the context of Nevada County and mm-hmm. carrying forth these best practices? Yeah. Um, you know, I'd love to see this as an option for third through fifth grade students um, in the future and for teachers. Yeah, um, I, I would too. I'd love to see this. We've got a homegrown project that worked really well, tied to the standards, lots of uh, engagement by kids. They're outside. It's exciting. It's fun. I know as a teacher, anytime I could get outside to do anything, I, you know, I was out there, and, and this would just be perfect. So, yeah, I'd love to have that. And we can get it to our new teachers and have those veterans, as you said, who, who did it, carry it on. Yeah, and and then, you know, we'll be, um, we'll be doing presentations um, in conferences. Um, uh, right now the plans are in the, you know, western United States, but mm-hmm. – um, I, you know, they could be conferences all over the, all over the country. Mm-hmm. Um, but really, um, sharing the, the best practices and, um, and kind of collaborating, um, you know, regionally. Mm-hmm. All, right. all right. Well, that's, it's exciting, I think, to think what's next. And I hope it spurs on, um, other projects and for other you know, grades to get out there. I know it's easier in an elementary school often to get the kids outside because they're not moving class every mm. 55 you know, minutes or so like it is in the high school. It's tougher where you can take a chunk. So that's exciting. Um, we got about, what, a minute and a half here, I think, and uh, kind of doing other projects you guys are doing, Sierra's Dreams. Yes. What else is going on? Well, we have, um, you know, we also have, kind of our past programming, which are um, open-ended investigation, mm-hmm. which we call environmental science investigations, where students kind of do their own sort of um, uh, science question and, and, um, and study, and, um, and other programming of just macroinvertebrate collection, identification, mm-hmm. 
and water quality. So we have streams programs as mm-hmm. well. Which I know the students love that. Absolutely. You get in there, get wet. You know, They love just getting wet right. and then collecting different things in there, especially creepy crawly things, and that's just, they're loving that. Yeah. Um, future, future projects. Besides that, any big things on the horizon that you guys are like, hmm, I think we've done the, our forest, now we're going to kind of look at this? Or, Well, one thing that was really cool that came out of this um, project is somebody who worked at um, the county, their kid did the program and their kid was kind of raving about it to their parent. And then the county is like, well, we're doing some of these fuel redu- big fuel reduction projects. We'd like to get some students out to these projects and collecting data. Um, so we'll be um, working on a FEMA grant next mm. spring okay. um, to do some of this kind of programming. Oh, that'd be exciting. Hope you get that. That'd be that'd be no, fun. No, we got it. Oh, you got it. Oh, I'm sorry. I it's misheard. Happening. You got yeah. it. So it's going. Yep. You're just like a grant writing <laughs> machine right now. <laughs> well, yeah. that's fantastic. <laughs> With that, I well, I'm starting to hear the background music coming in now, and that can only mean one thing: that we are at the end. Well, I want to thank both of you very much for coming in, talking about this project that I think is just fantastic. Like I said, anytime we get kids outside doing science, that's great. So thank you both very much for coming tonight. I want to thank our audience for listening. You've been listening to Educationally Speaking on KVMR. We're talking about the R-Force program. Have a great evening. Thanks, Scott.